Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've decided to join us. Remember, tonight at 6 p.m. in Ferndale at Otis Supply, outside under the tent, you can join me, the Detroit Today team, and other WDET listeners for the Smart Politics Constitutional Convention and happy hour. This is our first opportunity since the pandemic started to get together in person to talk about the same kind of things we talk about here on the show. And I'm really excited about the idea of being able to return to in-person events. As I said, we're going to do this safely. We'll be outside under the tent at Otis Supply in uh, Ferndale. Uh, But of course, uh, we also want to make sure that everyone is safe So we are limiting the number of people who can attend. So if you want to go, you really have to go to uh, WDET.org slash events uh, and register. Uh, There are a lot of folks who are already coming out tonight. Uh, If you would like to join them, again, WDET.org slash events. And I'm, again, really excited about the return of our in-person conversations. We're going to start today with some really interesting news here in the city of Detroit. The World Economic Forum is establishing a new global center for urban transformation. And this is an effort to increase public-private collaboration in cities and to advance more inclusive and sustainable models for urban development. And the organization plans to headquarter this global initiative right here in Detroit. The WEF is partnering with Dan Gilbert's real estate firm, Bedrock, to establish the new headquarters. Here to talk about the initiative and what it means for the city is Jeff Merritt. He is the head of urban transformation for the World Economic Forum. Jeff, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. All right, so let's start with uh, what this is. What is this urban center uh, for uh, urban transfer, uh, global center, I should say, for urban transformation. I mean, really, this is about bringing some added support to cities. We've got to recognize that, you know, we're, I think all of us realize this in day to day, we're living at unprecedented times, but uh, cities are, are bearing the brunt of this. And uh, cities are really stretched thin in terms of, you know, you look at, at COVID-19, we've got over 95% of global cases are in cities. You look at climate change and extreme weather, cities are the ones that are ultimately trying to, you know, keep folks safe. And uh, we need to bring some extra capacity, some extra resources to, to help our cities. If, if we want to see actual continued, you know, quality of life improvements, if we want to see our cities just get better and thrive. So transformation is a word that I think means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And and to be frank, in cities like Detroit, there is often skepticism, especially among uh, the majority African-American population here, about words like transformation. Because in the past, uh, those kind of words have been used to mask policy changes and implementations that didn't turn out the best for uh, for us here in in the city. So so let's talk about what you mean when you say transformation. Yeah, and I think bringing up the you know the history is important here, right? Um, I you know 
cities around the world, Detroit included, have made a, a lot, a lot of bad, bad decisions over you know, our our history, and and we need to you know really uh, embrace and recognize that history. And we need to be strategic going forward about uh, our planning. And and one of the things that I think we we recognize is that cities have to constantly now be adapting, transforming, right? We, we oftentimes use this word transforming also when we think about digital transformation, right? And, and the adoption of, of new technologies as a response to, to various disruption. You know, the, the current state of the world where it's incredibly unpredictable is sadly the new normal, right? That, that cities now need to be constantly, constantly evolving if they're going to be resilient and sustainable. And so what that really means is is thinking about how do we build a long-term future where it's not the type of thing where you just put together a, a vision for, you know, 2030 or 2050 and you just execute on that. You you rather need to think about, you know, how do you enable the city to constantly uh, manage whatever comes its way, right? And and so we see the the private sector as as key there because at the end of the day you need more partners at the table. This can't just be a burden on on government to sort of see what's coming down the road and and be able to sort of make adjustments. Uh, we really need to have a sort of all hands on deck approach. And so uh, when we say urban transformation, it's really just an acknowledgement that. Uh, cities have to change. Uh, there's a lot of real systemic problems that were front and center in this COVID pandemic that uh, we need to really focus on addressing, inequity being really the key one here. Uh, but then it's also acknowledgement that there's a lot more changes that are coming down the road. Hmm. So, so let's talk about why Detroit won out over every other place in America to headquarter. Uh, this this center. What what was the deciding factor there? For me, a lot of it's that history that that you were just talking about. Uh, you know, Detroit was once you know one of the wealthiest cities in the world, uh, and and the world changed. And I think you know Detroit struggled to keep up with that change. Uh, you know, both from uh, an economic standpoint, a, a, a social standpoint. Uh, obviously, we're seeing a, a comeback, um, but there's still a lot of real sort of deep-rooted challenges that Detroit and cities like Detroit have to to overcome. And so we we see, I think, the the journey uh, of of Detroit as sort of emblematic of a lot of the problems that cities around the world are struggling with. But we also see in Detroit just an incredible culture and community of innovation and entrepreneurship and creativity. And that's ultimately what is going to make or break our cities. Like that is the, that's the fabric, that's the foundation that makes cities such a magical place. And so, you know, our view is that there's, there's some great work that is happening, will be happening in Detroit. And we want to help tell that story. We want to see how, Detroit can really be a model, uh, an inspiration, if you will, for for cities around the world. Mm. I'm talking with Jeff Merritt. He's head of urban transformation for the World Economic Forum. 
We're talking about uh, the announcement that a new global center for urban transformation will be located right here, headquartered right here in uh, Detroit, uh, a public-private partnership uh, aimed at changing the way we think about things like development uh, and other uh, sort of models and, and processes that, uh, that shape our city. We'd love to hear from you during the conversation as well. Uh, call and tell us what you think the biggest challenges we face are here in cities like Detroit. Uh, is it the economic disparities that we see? Is it uh, climate change? Is it political strife? Is it racism? Uh, how do you think we can tackle those issues? And what do you think of efforts like the one we're talking about today? Is there a role for public-private partnerships in uh, helping us to solve these kinds of problems? Uh, issues. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter and put comments there. We'll try to, to try to work you into the conversation uh, that way. Uh, Jeff, I do want to talk a little more about the, the public-private uh, partnership side of that and, and get you to talk a little more about what that means and what you hope it will produce for us here uh, in Detroit. I wonder if there are some concrete uh, examples you can give of, of things that we might expect from this. Sure. I think, you know, part of this is a change in mindset in terms of how we solve some of these big problems. And so, you know, I spent most of the last decade uh, working in, in city government in New York. And, and one of the things that I was really proud of in New York is that we had a real lo great long-term strategic plan. Uh, this was something that was started under Bloomberg. It was continued under de Blasio. But we did a really good job of sort of setting these goals of the future that we wanted to see. And then working back from that and sort of aligning our budget, aligning our staffing decisions, our policy decisions, how we, we address these goals. And I don't think I really understood until I joined the forum that the fundamental problem in that was that we made an assumption that government was going to do all the work. And that at the end of the day, government is, is one stakeholder in a city that they have limited resources. Those resources are directly tied to tax revenues. Mm -hmm. You see a, an economic situation like we've had in the last year and a half, tax revenues fall, and your ability to actually live up to those and execute on those, those goals um, is compromised. And, and then when I look at what the World Economic Forum has at its sort of disposal, you know, uh, a massive amount of expertise and resources in the private sector. I mean, most folks know the, the forum through this annual event in, in Davos, uh, where we get folks together to address big global challenges. But it's a year-round sort of set of activities where we mobilize the private sector to action. And, you know, what really we're trying to do here is to not think about the private sector engagement as sort of icing on the cake, but when we look at these these big issues, how are we going to address, uh, you know, again, it might be an issue like climate, it might be an issue like, um, you know, vacant lots and development. How do we bring the private sector as an equal partner around the table and say, what is it that the private sector can do to help address this problem? What is it that 
government can do and, and what makes sense for, for which stakeholder. Mm. And, and is there a role for citizens to participate in this process? Uh, you're talking about the private sector and government. Uh, those of us who live here, I think, uh, are, are, are always eager to, to do our part in trying to make the city a better place. Is there a, is there a spot for us at this table? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's rather than it's a spot at the table. This is our table, right? <laughs> right. This is our table, and, and we're bringing in, you know, government as our elected officials to help it, who are ultimately spending our, our tax revenue to help uh, drive this forward. And, and the private sector, um, right, is, is a key partner there. So, you know, it, it's really key that ultimately, at the end of the day, that the, the public's the one that's driving this vision, um, and is there a way to contribute? Absolutely. I mean, I think any, uh, you know, any good strategy for how you're going to address a problem needs to think about the role of individuals, the role of organizations. Uh, and that includes, you know, something that you or I should be able to, to, to do on our own. You know, just take, for example, you know, how do we take care of, you know, our green spaces, right? There's, there's a role here for the individual renter, homeowner, uh, in terms of sort of helping maintain green spaces, you know, outside and around their, their home. There's a role for the community organization. There's a role for government. There's a role for, for, for business in that. Uh, it's not one responsibility. It's about actually very clearly understanding how everybody's going to contribute and holding them each accountable. Hmm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Uh, call and tell us what kinds of things you think challenge us the most here in the city of Detroit, the things we ought to be focused on to make it a better place for us to live. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's start with uh, a couple of social media comments. Uh, Glenn on Twitter says, our development in the D needs to include making neighborhoods a walking neighborhood as malls become a thing of the past, integrated with greenways, commercial and residential. Uh, Jimmy on Twitter says, this seems backwards. On balance, Detroit needs to be importing strategies from other places that are doing it, uh, that are doing it right. Uh, before we get to the phones, uh, Jeff, I, I want you to answer that particular comment. Uh, is, is it that, I mean, you, you talked about using Detroit as sort of an example uh, for other places. Uh, I think for a lot of people, the the question here is um, whether we can borrow things that we see working better in other cities. Uh, I think that's been kind of a central struggle here in the city. Yeah, there's an important balance here. So first off, um, it was important here that to to establish a global network and to to establish a global center. And so we're building on some efforts that I've been leading at the forum for over three years, where I've got now teams in uh, 14 cities around the world. And we've got a pretty massive global effort that we've been building out uh, called the G20 Global Smart City Alliance, which is all about uh, exactly what your, your sort of listener highlighted about sort of identifying these sort of tried and tested solutions that we really just need to scale. Uh, so, on one hand, I think it's important to understand what's working around the world and be able to make sure that we're doubling down on those good practices. But we also need to be cautious about thinking that you can just sort of cut and paste something from one 
location to another, right? We really need to make sure that what we do in a city like Detroit is built upon its history, built upon its communities and its social fabric, um, because that's so critical to what makes a city special, right? We don't just want to sort of import in uh, a bunch of outside things, but we do want to make sure that we are learning from what works. And so, you know, particularly in the area of public policy, when we're looking at the sort of incentive mechanisms and the ways to drive change, that's where I think that we can borrow a lot from from cities around the world. Mm. Uh, Let's go to the phones here. Anthony, welcome to the show. Anthony, what's on your mind? You there, Anthony? But uh, I think Anthony's not paying attention, uh, but uh, he did tell our screener that he thinks wealth inequality is our biggest problem here in the city of Detroit. It's something that we talk about a lot here on on the program. Uh, Jeff Merritt, talk about how something like this Center for Transformation can deal with disparity in a city like Detroit. I, I think it's fair to say that wealth inequality is probably the the number one global issue that are that cities are challenging with. And the reason that I say that is that when you see situations like the global the the COVID pandemic, when you see sort of extreme weather, the folks that are impacted the most are low income residents, right? Those are the folks that are ending up in the in the hospital room when when jobs are lost, those are the folks who can't pay their rent. And so if we can't address these equity issues, there's a whole world of, of pain coming down, uh, coming down the pipeline here. And so I think we have to put these issues front and center. There's, it, it is not one solution to this, right? This takes about, it, it requires that we think about equity in every single decision that we make, whether it be, you know, investment decisions, public policy decisions, right? Like, look at just development and how different the approach to development might be when you're developing in a a traditionally sort of wealthy neighborhood or a lower income neighborhood. We shouldn't be designing our neighborhoods and buildings differently. At the end of the day, there's good design and there's bad design. What I mean by that is that communities that are, are mixed use, that have this sort of vibrant combination of, you know, green park space, cultural activities, uh, office space, residential schools, those are communities that thrive. Um, And if we go and we just sort of plop down some affordable housing all by itself, that's a recipe for disaster. And so, again, everything we need, we do, we have to really bake equity into the the recipe, the DNA of these communities. Mm. Okay, Jeff Merritt, head of urban transformation at the World Economic Forum, was great to have you here to talk about this new center here in Detroit. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk with Stanford University addiction expert Dr. Anna Lemke about her new book, Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. We're going to talk about how to put the phone down, something I hear from the people around me all the time. Uh, How do we break that phone addiction that seems to grow and grow as we get further into the 21st century? 
going to be a really interesting conversation. And of course, we're going to want to hear from you about your phone use and whether you feel like you're addicted. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today.